Welcome to the second episode of our podcast. And today we're going to focus on relationships in times of COVID. Um, there are a lot of questions. There's a lot of interest in, in how are we going to thrive in this situation? Is it going to be good for the relationship? Is it going to be bad? So we're going to give our perspective a very nuanced view. And as always, I have uh, two guests who are going to share their ideas about uh, relationships in times of COVID. So maybe you can introduce yourself. Oh, well, I'm uh, Nuhaz Osama. I'm currently doing my master's at Maastricht University in neuropsychology and uh, yeah. Okay, welcome. Yeah, uh, my name is Fabian. Uh, I'm a second year master's student at UM and uh, like Nuhaz, I'm also a member of the student council and I'm happy to be here. Likewise. Okay. Great. Well, as I said in the introduction, there's a lot of interest on this topic because uh, especially also the media is speculating a lot like, is it going to be a baby boom? Is there going to be a wave of divorce? Uh, we all have these assumptions and, and of course the data are still coming in. So uh, there are also some first research data on how we are actually doing in, in this time in terms of relationship. But um, yeah, I think it's good to sort of talk a little bit about it and to sort of to see like what could be a potential uh, challenge challenges and, and, and could it be also have positive effects? Could there be an opportunity here? Uh, let's just, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sure, totally agreed. Yeah, yeah, I feel like a lot of people talk about the current situation we're in and, and, and not a day goes by that we have discussions about the impact of COVID, but uh, people don't usually focus on their love life um, so, so that's very important to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. I think love life is one thing. It's also the sex love life. Oh, yeah. That's also yeah, yeah. even more. I mean, it seems that there is kind of an illusion of openness in the media that everyone is talking about sex, but when it really comes to your own sexual relationship or talking with your partner about sex, there's still some shame. And I, I feel that still people didn't really learn to talk about sex. And I think that's also one of the aims of this podcast is to make it a very common topic that we can mm. sort of see that this is an important part of the relationship you're sexuality so learning to talk about it I think is very important so I'm really happy that you're so open to talk about uh, <laughs> yeah. sex and relationships uh, yeah so you just you just already said uh, in the beginning that that there is already some research uh, on on how COVID might have impacted uh, relationship life uh, it's very broadly uh, what are sort of the most outstanding things that we already can see yeah, I think what is most interesting is that we see very different patterns. And I think it really depends on, um, first of all, how stressed you are. I mean, whether some people are stressed about the situation or worrying about their health, about the health of, of people around them, but there are also some people who are not stressed. So it really depends on, on the level of stress. It also depends on how do you deal with this spending more time together and also the quality of your relationship beforehand. I mean, if you had a good connection with your partner and good relationship, there's a better chance that you will thrive better in this situation than when the relationship was already not mm -hmm. that well so i think it really it's it's really difficult to make uniform conclusions on, I, on I what the impact I, is i agree and i think especially like the duration of the relationship has a huge impact exactly. i feel like the couples who've been together for quite a while who weren't able to spend a lot of time together before covid now have the opportunity to get to know one another relearn their love languages and yeah. relearn how the other part how the other partner wants to be loved and I feel like those couples are really thriving but there are also couples who are just finding it a bit difficult to to just see on see the other partner at an mm -hmm. eye level and there's there's a lot of communication that goes over yeah. over each other's heads and I feel like that is one thing that I see very common uh, like that, that is a common thing at least in the student population yeah so 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that this is important to realize how different we are and that we all have our very unique love map and sex map. And this diversity is clearly uh, part of this, this, this COVID situation that we, uh, yeah, we react differently. And I think when we look at the data nowadays, it seems that people in a the relationship, there are people who have no change in their sexual behavior. Mm -hmm. There are people who have more sex, uh, enjoy it more. There are people who have less sex, more sexual problems, or have less sex, but more adventurous sex. So we see very different patterns going on and I think that's re really interesting so it's really difficult to make these uniform conclusions and I think it's also important not to do it because then we do not create we do not want to create new norms and no. mm -hmm. because it can create performance demand if you read like hey we are doing good and this is an opportunity to reinvent your sex life people can get sort of stressed about mm -hmm. that so I think we have to be aware of the fact that there's so much difference uh, yeah totally agreed I think we're in a time where it's become pretty apparent that that you know we're diverse on sort of every level yeah so couples have more sex or less sex or it doesn't change and and you talked about stress as one factor so i mean i can imagine that stress kind of reduces your libido um, is that true? It is, it is. Uh, there's, uh, again, a different reaction. For some people, stress can be an enhancer of sexual desire. We know that, for example, uh, during exam periods, there are a lot of students masturbating then because it's a release. And, and uh, of course, masturbation is something different, different than having sex right? with a partner. I, I That's thought, true. Yeah. But still, it's about this relief. For so some people, uh, stress and anxiety can increase your sexual desire, but we often also see that it, it decreases sexual desire. And I think it has a little bit to do with the fact that um, sexual desire is not something that spontaneously pops up out of the blue. I mean, it's often there needs to be a sexual stimulus, something that triggers your sexual system. Somebody takes the initiative at a certain point and, mm -hmm. and, and then you sort of decide whether you go with it or not. And if you feel stressed and or maybe there's some relationship tension or, or mm -hmm. whatsoever, then maybe you're less motivated to open yourself for that sexual stimulation or you're less motivated to create an opportunity to have mm -hmm. sex. So that's one of the reasons why when feeling stressed people kind of yeah retract almost. retract from mm. from from having sex yeah apart from 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 stress of course covid is a stressful situation um but on the other hand i also feel like a very important dynamic in in relationships at the moment is is closeness um, yeah. distance before you had this very lively situation you could do whatever and and, and travel uh, you know, all sorts of, of free time activities. And now that's not so much the case anymore. And people may have even had to move in together. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of sort of closeness in, in the sense of proximity. Yeah. It's like even, I know so many students and um, older couples who've just, you know, after a while of fighting, they're like, where do I go? How do I get out of the situation? Mm -hmm. Who do I talk to? I can't just yeah. simply go over to my friend's place for the night. And then they really have to deal with the situation yeah. hands on. And I think it's more about the fact that some couples have really, they've really had to learn how to yeah. change the way they communicate yeah. and talk. And the dynamic has overall just completely changed. And like you said, like stress and anxiety has a huge effect on even just the, the way you converse and the way you develop a dynamic with a yeah. partner. True, exactly. And it, yeah. connected. I think also what, you, what you're addressing, the fact that there is less distraction, that's also an important thing because for a lot of couples, their relationship works as long that they can go out to study or take lessons or work mm -hmm. or, or go out with friends. And then suddenly you're constantly together with your partner and then you feel like, oh my God, I feel like we are missing something. It, it feels empty. I feel mm -hmm. there's like, yes, 
some emotional closeness between us and um, I think that's 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 important and um, indeed we, we do see that this balance of, of what we call separateness and togetherness is very important in the sense that uh, you want to have a, a sense of closeness commitment in your relationship yes. but at the same time there needs to be autonomy and differentiation and me time when it's too much about we and doing mm -hmm. everything together and this enmeshed feeling instead of you and me and we are still mm -hmm. separate yeah. people then it really kills sexual desire so this it's kind of a paradox between lust and love on the one hand we want security we want stability in our mm -hmm. relationship that's why we want to sort of stick with one partner but at the same time it's the killer of sexual desire because sexual desire thrives on mystery and exactly. excitement and yeah. novelty so at a certain point spending all this time together means that you're constantly together there's no shortage anymore to desire yeah. and so that has an impact on on our on our sexual desire mm -hmm. so it's really a challenge to in the situation of being constantly together trying to create some mystery trying to mm. bring in some novelty trying to see your partner through a new gaze mm. um, what i sometimes advise to couples is like maybe you can look for a new hobby or or try something else and maybe suddenly your partner starts to become a very passionate cook to together no, separately, that okay. he starts to cook and then you can sort of admire him again. See like, him hey. in a different light. Yeah, you see him them. in a different yeah. light. You see just, or, or her, you just say like, hey, I didn't know that. Or maybe mm. one partner read an interesting book and starts to talk very passionate about it. And you mm. think like, hey, I didn't know that you were so opinionated about this. And that can sort of bring a new dynamic in the relationship. So it's really about within the situation of being together for a long time yeah. and knowing each other so well or being constantly together, trying to find out yeah. some mystery, some new but things to discover. I think it's about discover. spicing it up a little bit. I feel yeah. like yeah. nowadays with just like the routine is so monotonous. You get up in the morning, take a shower, you start studying or working, your work is done, you either continue working or you go back into your daily life. And I feel like that just routine yeah. can sometimes dry a relationship out. And then people, at least because we know that this is an exceptional time, they immediately think, oh no, something's wrong with my relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And then they cast this entire sort of like cloud over their entire relationship as this is not working. And like, you know, I think, do you feel like couples make a lot of more like rash decisions now as compared to before? Yeah, I mean, there is some uh, some data indicating that there are some divorces or breakups more mm -hmm. nowadays than, than it was before. And I think, um, I mean, we have to advise couples do not make hasty decisions. These are mm -hmm. exceptional times. And um, I think that we are all stressed. It's exceptional. So um, we, we cannot ignore the problems, obviously, because mm -hmm. when you face, okay, we are yeah. like too much mm -hmm. differentiated. There's too little connection anymore. I mean, of course, I mean, you have to do something with it, but there's be a, a little. There's a difference between between uh, talking about it, addressing the issue together, yeah. and mm -hmm. and making decisions on the basis of, hey, this is not going to work out. Yeah, and, exactly. And I feel like that's such a fundamental human uh, property to to kind of not see a situation as temporary, but to always uh, feel like, oh, this is mm -hmm. this is sort yeah. of the, the new normal. This is how it's going to always yeah. be exactly uh, and and, and yeah. I, I feel like in that way uh sure people don't see that that the pandemic has this very impactful effect but but still momentary yeah. on on your relationship yeah. Yeah. i think also a lot of young couples at least they immediately when a problem arises they attach the problem to the person rather than yeah. saying this is you and i as a couple and this is a problem and we're going to solve the problem yeah what they start what they start doing is that they're like oh he's not talking yeah. to me or she's not paying me enough attention she's the issue yeah and then by calling her out as the issue then you're creating so much distance within communication 
the yeah. dynamic of the relationship you are bringing in air bubbles of doubt yeah into the it's a typical communication problem yeah. it's about that's what we always say to couples talk about your own feelings and talk about yourself and then how you deal as a couple but not trying to accuse <laughs> the other i think that's really a thing and and uh, yeah yeah and, and not to make uh, hasty assumptions yeah. like mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's so important to to genuinely even if that feels a little forced sometimes yeah. so important to just ask your partner uh, how they feel about yeah. certain things um, because sometimes sure you can you can make a lot of assumptions but really knowing and hearing it from them uh, that makes such a difference yeah yeah, yeah. thought reading don't, don't do it I think <laughs> yeah but I think what was basically here is also about this situation is, is what we know what is what is a key element of a mm. good sexual relationship is variation and flexibility it's the ability to adapt yourself yeah. to changing life circumstances and I think this is also a good situation this is a challenging uh, time so you need to adapt and i mean this is you will face other issues in in the course of your relationship like having a child for the first time that's also disrupting your balance and your routine how do you deal with it you also need to be flexible mm -hmm. so this is kind of also a situation in which you need to learn mm -hmm. to be flexible and and adapt to circumstances i completely agree i think it's just just, just another phase that where people have to really quickly adapt and just find new ways of communicating healthily yeah also like redefining their dynamics sexually yeah. like what how is this going to affect my mental health and how is this change in my mental health going to translate into changes in my dynamic exactly. within communications and within sex yeah i think what so. also what you were addressing at a certain point was about routines and that you say people have like now very much uh, routines but i think it's also an opportunity to create new routines because mm -hmm. also before the COVID situation maybe there was a routine in terms of we always do it the same way yeah. we meet on that day and then we have sex and then we have sex in that way so there's a lot of uh, uh, routine there and I think it's also an, an, a time to sort of reconnect reinvest mm -hmm. in the relationship try out new Re things reinvent because reinvent, what, what yeah. you said the, the this this sort of habit before covid kind of fosters this expectation on on how it should be and how it should continue yeah, to be right exactly. and uh, i feel like there it's an important thing to address the fact that we are in a different situations and 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 uh, so the circumstances around mm -hmm. uh, being together might have changed so you also have to change the expectations exactly yeah. exactly and it's i think it's also a good opportunity to sort of see try out new things and and about also prioritize the relationship again because before there was so much mm -hmm. things there was the fomo we have to be everywhere and all the parties and all the <laughs> you know and and then a lot of people are spending a lot of time on social media and yeah. so on and now it's also the time like okay like make your relationship priority again mm -hmm. and and make the effort um mm. that's also a very important thing about relationship it's really about making the, the effort, conscious effort yeah the conscious true. effort yeah. to invest in the relationship and to invest in your sexual relationship yeah. yeah, and I think it's like also besides just inve investing in the relationship, also to invest in yourselves and in, into yourself and understanding. Okay, how do I feel? Am I feeling the way I used to feel? Yeah, like what has changed? And then communicating that with your partner because I think there is this misconception of like my partner knows everything about me. He can read me. She knows what I'm thinking about. Yeah. And just communicating like, hey, actually, I'm struggling a little bit. Um, how are you doing this? How are you seeing yeah. this? And I just think that friendly, open communication just changes the entire dynamic because then the other person knows what's going on in your yeah. head without having to assume. And like you said, this this thoughting and thinking about everything, I think that creates this cloud of confusion yeah. and like sort of 
like ambiguity as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's also a myth. Uh, it's the myth in the relationship, like if he loves me enough, then he knows how I feel. <laughs> oh, or also th the myth on, on sexuality and on the yeah. level of sexuality, like if he knows me, he knows what I like. Yeah. And open communication is not only like, how are you feeling in the relationship? It's also in terms of sexuality, mm -hmm. openly communicating what do I like and what do I don't like? Obviously, first you need to know for yourself. I mean, mm -hmm. discover yourself, and, and we are going to talk about that in another uh, episode also about masturbation mm -hmm. and about how mm -hmm. to learn yourself and what you need for sexual simulation and to reach orgasm. Mm -hmm. um, I think you need to know it, but then also communicate it to your partner and yeah. tell him or her what you need is very important. And it can sort of yeah. really bring some yeah, deep uh, closes in your relationship and some some yeah yeah I agree I think especially couples who are doing long distance relationship it's so difficult to keep yourself sexually active because it's like oh I have I've had a busy day and then you forget about it and then it's also about it's a bit of like the planning of it like hey let's maybe make this call and I know so many friends who do that and it's worked for them and it's just this sort of clarity of like this is how we're gonna do it this is you know the times yeah. have changed and it's just like the demands have changed as well so it's just like this works maybe this doesn't work and i know so many couples because of covid have had to spend so much time apart as well yeah. besides the ex excessive closeness as the whole other uh, the the whole of the story of people having to spend a lot of time apart yeah exactly so, sure i mean yeah. long distance relationships can not regularly see them s yeah. each other now um yeah, apart from facetime maybe but but right uh, traveling just you know going to a different country to see your partner that's that's not possible at the moment yeah, yeah. yeah and it's really a challenge also for people who do not live together mm. i mean for a certain period the rules were very strict and then it was really difficult if you live in different cities and and and, and indeed in different countries so yeah. yeah and you feel so unsure can i travel now yeah. you know you have this you have this this big longing to to yeah. see some, and, and that's natural and it's you know also a very nice thing to have yeah. right uh, yeah. but then then this kind of gets mingled with this stigma or, mm. or or say sort of social yeah. uh, confusion on on what's now appropriate to do yeah um, yeah. yeah it is that is I, I think it's important it's, it's very counterintuitive the situation mm. i mean it's very normal and you want to have the closes and so on but it's kind of a paradox because it's this closes that it, at this point is kind of scary now because mm. how close can we be and that's an all a uh, whole other discussion but it is something we we need to think about what I also think about in, in your situation, uh, the, 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 you were explaining about long distance relationship, you have to sort of uh, plan and, and, and try out things about sexuality. I think it's also interesting to um, to reflect a little bit on that, on about the planning mm. of sexuality and mm. about making the effort and, and um, creating opportunities to have sex. Because that's often um, what we also say in this situation is like try out new things in the sense of, yeah, spicing things up, um, uh, trying and yeah, just doing sexting or turning each other on, creating opportunities, um, um, make you feel good about yourself is also important. Self-care is also a very important part here that you just make sure that you feel good about yourself. So uh, invest time in sports and healthy food. I think that's also important because feeling yourself attractive is also an important stimulus uh, to oh, have sex. Sure. Totally yeah. agreed. And, and I feel like that's to tie it back to COVID, uh, such an important thing right now because <laughs> sure. we, we do not have to leave the house. And so much of, of what you talked about, self-care and and uh, kind of being being uh, more particular about about what you, what you do, what you eat, how you uh, look, 
has kind of faded away a little bit because yeah. we don't have to leave the house, right? Yeah. We are in front of the screen. You might as well ne wear no pants. Uh, your and a lot of people are doing your that. Your colleagues it, it, are not like, going to see it's, it. And yeah. it's also so and many people are spending more time in their pajamas and yeah. just yeah, like yeah. not putting the effort in themselves. And I think that is... In themselves and in each other, yeah. also your part. I mean, it, you also have to realize before, for example, if you're in a relationship and your partner was going out and he was always dressed up and suddenly you're seeing him all the time in his joggings watching the screen. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's kind of that can do something with your sexual attraction. So it's making the effort. It's important for yourself and for the partner. Yeah. And, and you did say that uh, sexual desire does not come from from somewhere. And it's, it's not this uh, sort of mystery thing that pops up randomly, but it does have a certain release. And I feel like we attribute that to, to just this very, very short period of time before we, mm. we have sex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But in reality, sexual no, no. desire is something that kind of stays relevant 24-7, exactly. right? I think I your mean, foreplay does not start in the bedroom. Your foreplay yeah. actually starts after the last time you had sex, that you're already <laughs> preparing the next time. It's really about investing in each other. It's about it's by being nice to each other, giving each other compliments, which is also an important part, yeah. like this this idea of seduction and flirting and, and yeah. making the other feel good about yourself, making sure that you know, hey, I love you and I'm, I, I, I appreciate you. We do that a lot in the beginning of the relationship. Mm -hmm. We invest a lot of time, but when you're like two years together three years together it erodes and that's a little bit the thing what also happens is that then become more dependent on compliments from the outside mm -hmm. because uh, you go to, to school and then somebody's like hey you're not, uh, wearing a nice shirt and your hair looks nice and and you need these compliments to feel better about yourself mm -hmm. and 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 i think in long-term relationship it's also important that you do not depend on these external compliments but mm -hmm. make sure that as a partner you still sort of yeah. compliment the other one and give positive messages I, I totally get you when you're saying that you know you don't want to have only compliments from the outside you kind of don't want to lose that that connection to your partner in that sense but you also want to stay honest uh, yeah. about it right and so I what I what I wouldn't agree with is is just making compliments out of uh, no, sort no, of desire to, you, you, you need to stay honest and yeah, if you gained it, it, five pounds and you yeah, don't yeah. like it, you you, have, you can be honest and say that. Like, yeah. hey, maybe. And in, 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 in such, a, such a situation, you have to have this balance of, of being honest, talking about stuff and addressing issues if they really concern you, um, but trying to be as, as sort of nice and as forthcoming as possible. Right? Yeah, yeah, it indeed. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's about this positive vibe, creating some kind of idea like... It, it's also being uh, feeling commitment is also about being safe, having a safe context mm -hmm. that you can share positive and negative things with and that you can know, hey, I can trust my partner and we can yeah. discuss all these different things. And this idea of connection is really important because what we know about sex, it's about stimulation, getting the right stimulation. Mm -hmm. It's about open communication and it's about being in a good safe context in which you can explore uh, yourself and, and each other in which you can sort of be open to 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 be yourself and and these are important ingredients of sexuality and i think that especially in this challenging covid time we need to invest about okay making sure that there is stimulation making sure that there is open communication and making sure that there is a nice positive context yeah. and and that you're open to each other i think this is really important yeah. yeah and it might not go by itself because uh that's also something right you you discover something new about your partner and that also holds true for 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 covid in in terms of how important is it to me actually to look yeah. nice uh yeah. do i do it for myself uh, and would i continue doing it yeah. if i don't leave the house or do i completely stop 
and and then there might be a mismatch yeah. in in terms of uh, what your partner feels they want to do themselves mm -hmm. uh, about their appearance and and what what you exactly. might want from them and talking about that could be difficult but it's still important to maintain that Yeah. That healthy balance of, of, of sexual desire. Yeah, exactly. And I think, of course, it's not that you have to dress up all the time. Mm. I mean, you can sort of do a Netflix evening in your joggings and pajamas, and that can be nice. But it's more, I think that the dressing up is more about making the effort, and it's also about sort of planning a situation to become sexual. And I, I know that for a lot of couples, this is sort of this idea that, ooh, sex needs to be planned. And as a sexologist, we're always very much in favor of the agenda sex. Like, And the reason is because um, there's so much going on in our life we plan everything and especially also in this COVID you have these routines and 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 if you're like in in, an, in a situation in which you have like children or in, mm -hmm. in long-term relationship and there's so much going on yeah. working at home teaching at home and so on then we often sort of yeah where's the sex because there's no time I mean and and it's also about creating this kind of date night like bringing yeah. in food dressing up playing restaurant and being nice to each other so that there is a context in which you can be yeah. sexual because otherwise the days just pass Go by, by yeah. pass by and, and it becomes and a sort of monotonous routine yeah but uh, reflecting back on the conversation on self-care I there there is this common thing going on where people are staying in their pajamas and they're their hair yeah. is undone and they've spent the entire day looking like a little potato and it's okay you know it's each to their own kind of thing but i think that is definitely reflected largely on the desire yeah. uh, for the other person you see this person completely transformed so, to like how you first saw them and how you're now seeing them on a daily basis yeah. and obviously that changes the kind of the, the sort of attraction but what would you recommend for those couples to do then also when they're in that situation where they're they're in a conflict of their desire yeah i think that that when when yeah when you have this lower desire it's always the, the first question is like okay what is it like mm -hmm. uh, is, is it uh, what is low desire uh, is it um is it because of i don't feel my partner attractive when mm -hmm. he's like always wearing his joggings and so on but it can be more than that it's about mm -hmm. because you feel stressed or maybe mm -hmm. it's like maybe you feel kind of frustrated that you're constantly like, you're doing the same things all yeah. the time or maybe i mean what was exciting in the beginning of the relationship cannot maybe less exciting after a while so it's also that's all different reasons why uh, low desire can have to do with this uh, distance uh, this separateness closeness balance mm -hmm. um, so i think it's it's really about reflecting uh, often we have this discrepancy in sexual desire we have to be realize that we all have our unique love map and our sex map so it's really um really strange for people to have always desire sex at the same time and desire mm. the same thing because we're so different so mm. we often need to compromise that's very normal in a relationship and then it's about okay how you can sort of write down even your yeah. sexual wishes like what do you want what do you want and then sort of bring these lists, lists together and see like hey That's a, that's a very cool suggestion. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's something that opens the conversation. You can sort of do it in a game, like you write your wishes on, on cards and you put it in a box, and then you just say, like, okay, two evenings in the, e in the week, we just take a card of the box and we discuss it. Like, yeah. one time it's your box and the other time it's your box. And you don't have to do it. I mean, you have to respect uh, each other's boundaries, but at least you have the conversation and you learn to know each other better on a sexual level. So it's often really about communication, compromising, and it's also about realizing that in terms of sexual desire, there's often somebody who has more desire than the other mm -hmm. at a certain point, and then this person can take the initiative. And at that point, maybe you think like, I don't feel like having sex now, but open yourself mm -hmm. for it. Just give it like 
let's say 10 minutes and see what it does start mm -hmm. to kiss and, and cuddle and maybe the desire yeah. will grow and that's again this idea of making time for it open yourself for it mm -hmm. being motivated and when are you more motivated when the relationship is going better and when you feel safe and secure and when you feel sexually attractive to yourself yeah. and attracted to your partner you will be more motivated to open yourself for the sexual stimulation but very important just to keep in mind while you're doing that while you're you're saying to yourself like hey i'm, I'm gonna give it a try right these uh, just gonna see for the first 10 minutes uh to clearly communicate yeah. that so that it's it's quite clear also to the partner like you know that to manage expectations in a way yeah, yeah exactly uh, yeah, yeah. you don't want, you don't want to have that just going on inside of your head no no it, it has to be i mean uh, when we say like about the 10 minute rule uh, another rule <laughs> it's more like uh, it's more like you just say like let's see what happens and yeah. if after 10 minutes you feel like no it doesn't start i just don't feel like it yeah. then at least you have 10 minutes of cuddling and kissing yeah. and that's okay and so the closeness comes in then yeah. it's like at least you're still trying to participate in that kind, yeah. of, that kind of activity and I think like you said I think communicating like hey I'm going to give this a 10 minute go and then we'll see how it develops yeah, exactly because I feel like it can be sometimes really heartbreaking for the other partner if the other person doesn't communicate this 10 minute thing yeah and then the other part and then it just creates so much distance yeah. emotionally sexually and you just feel like you can't talk to this person or be like hey I have this need could you please fulfill yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah. But it, it, it actually all comes down to good communication. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I think it's just good about this openness about sexuality. It's more like people sometimes feel like frustrated by this immediate rejection. And I think mm -hmm. it's just good sort of to sort of compromise yourself meeting halfway and it also in terms of mm. desire what we often see there's one partner who ha can have higher desire than the other partner and don't take the high desire partner as the the, the norm. norm yeah because, because there is no norm there is no norm yeah. it's what why do this partner needs to level up to this level i mean it's yeah. about meeting each other halfway yeah. and i think that's really important that in a lot of relationship it's about compromise and and especially in these covid times that idea of compromise is yeah, so important so, it's, so, it's like on essential. so many different levels it's not only on the sexual level yeah. it's really about how are we going to make this work and it's about giving and taking mm -hmm. and i think that's really an important uh yeah, challenge and advice in this in this uh, situation. Yeah. So earlier you said sexologists are about uh, agenda sex, and I, I found that very interesting. This notion of planning sex mm -hmm. um, because it's so counterintuitive to say yeah, like a like a in layman's terms, um, because a lot about sex and when to have sex is about when when you feel like having sex, and that to most people seems like you cannot plan. Yeah, uh, I know. I, I can so, understand. So what is it about planning sex? Well, I think it's it's um, it's about planning. Um, of course, you cannot plan when will you be in the mood, or, or, but it's more like creating the opportunity to get in the mood. It's not about planning the desire like, okay, uh, tomorrow at nine, I will have the desire to have sex. It's about creating a context in which you can become uh, horny and in which you can sort mm -hmm. of uh, mm -hmm. turn each other on and I think that is the most important part it's it's not about making desire it's making the the context work so that you can create desire and what I often hear in, in in couples is that they say like yeah but it needs to be spontaneous and you cannot plan it because in the beginning of a relationship it was so spontaneous and then I always wonder like yeah how spontaneous was it exactly <laughs> because if you start dating and you know you will meet your partner you make sure that you're showered and have nice lingerie and, and because you're planning in your head 
that that you will have sex so sure. it's not that spontaneous we plan a lot i mean if you're thinking about it's also part of the excitement it's about meeting your partner and 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 and, and mentally getting excited and, yeah. and and taking care of yourself and and creating a context that's what we do in the beginning of a relationship you give each other compliments you sort of start actually True. the foreplay via yeah. messages and so on yeah. so that's what we actually want to aim for is that not sit on the couch and watching a, a, a tv uh, <laughs> show and then waiting until the sexual desire suddenly pops up it's not going to there needs to be something going on so a little on. bit like in the start of a relationship because yeah. I, I i could very much relate to that like you're always on call in a yeah. way and and you you might not know okay i am going to have sex but you anticipate it yeah, exactly. and and maintaining that so exactly uh, yeah, and but, it's about creating this context it does not mean hey now we have to have sex it's more about bringing each other in exactly. the mood and, and see what happens creating that opportunity also doesn't mean that you then have to go through no. with it but to have a mutual understanding with the partner yeah. that that if if that doesn't work out in the end it's it, you know no biggie no uh, you had a no nice evening done. you had a yeah. dinner date you you sort of had a nice conversation a nice talk maybe you cuddled and kissed a little bit and, and that's it and this that's relates okay. this relates back to what we talked about earlier right the 10 minute rule i yeah. think you called it yeah mm -hmm. um that this is these the same thing if yeah. if it ends up not working out you can you can kind of tie these two concepts together you still had 10 minutes of cuddling and yeah. being close and yeah. uh yeah yeah Totally yeah. works. I think that's the main main issue of this planning idea. But so the concept of, of sexual arousal, sexual desire, that these two terms were kind of uh, used now and and I'm still unclear. What's is there a difference between the two? Are they the same? No, well it's there's a difference in the sense that arousal is more about how you, you your body reacts and how you feel, and then desire is more the motivation to do something with it. And I think that one of the most important things is that we used to think about uh, sexuality in terms of the sexual response cycle, that it starts with a uh, desire and then there's arousal, and then you reach orgasm and then there's a recovery phase. But there has been some criticism like this isn't linear. I mean it's not uh, suddenly desire. Often what we see is that there is a stimulus you notice it uh, and often automatically your body starts to react so even when you're not aware of the stimulus your body will kind of react mm -hmm. and the moment you become aware of this beginning arousal you start to pay more attention to it mm -hmm. you elaborate on it and then you feel the desire then you consciously evaluate this this the the, the, the stimulus you give meaning to it whether a hey, is am i going to ex uh, expect something nice to happen is it going to be a reward and then you feel the desire to engage and, and to do something with it. So often what we see is that desire is actually the result of beginning arousal. Mm -hmm. And that's why, and especially for women, what we see is, is that, that, this, that often when there's no arousal, there's no desire. When there's no desire, there's no arousal. Um, what we sometimes see for men, it can be that, that you can have a strong desire and still have an erectile problem, which mm -hmm. is then an arousal disorder. Oh, but yeah. that's, so there is a difference, but at the mm -hmm. same time, it's often like a circular movement that, that arousal and, and desire is sort of, yeah, enhance each other yeah i mean it's very like you can see this in day-to-day -day examples where like you know when you start liking someone everything they do you have an eye on it you're like oh did you see the way she looked at me or did you see the way he did it and it's because you're trying to match the desire yeah. and the arousal exactly and for example a simple touch becomes like oh yeah you know like it, it like those feelings also enhance and then you yeah. think about it and it creates more desire and, and because yeah. you've you've been aroused yeah exactly. so if you, those two terms work together in a lot of ways is at, at least in the start of the relationship and like i think some couples have a hard time keeping that up yeah when you know 
in a long-term relationship, but also now in COVID, it's very difficult to keep that desire going when things have shifted. So yeah. it might actually be a good, I mean, correct me if, if you disagree, but it might actually be a, a nice exercise for people with their partner to kind of pay attention to what does it, uh, so what does evoke arousal what what does evoke uh, well, sexual desire in what my partner does exactly and i yeah. think what is interesting is, is is it touches upon what we often do in in sex therapy sensitive focus exercises and sensitive focus is about touching each other and about exploring mm. each other's body and what we often do is then it's about just paying attention to your bodily reactions and it, don't label it as arousal don't look for arousal or orgasm don't see it as a foreplay for 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 sex or penetration it's more about just being aware of your body and how different parts of your body uh, feel differently and that when i touch my arm it's different than when i touch my neck and mm -hmm. so on and and that is a very good exercise because as as I indicated, like this arousal and these bodily signals are important and becoming aware of how your body reacts is an important part of sexuality. So it's also about um, how your body reacts and also about the meaning you give to sexual stimuli is important. And it's about just letting go all these distracting ideas. What sometimes people have is that during sex, you're thinking about other things or you think like, oh, maybe I have some fat here and he will see that. And you have all these distracting thoughts and you yeah. become sort of a spectator of your own sexuality. Yeah. And then you, then you lose your interest or you lose your arousal because you're like in a meta perspective and so that's a very good exercise to bring yourself back to your body and to bring yourself back to what you're actually experiencing mm -hmm. and becoming in the moment again but so that also means that the better you are at doing that and at knowing the interaction between your partner and you and what creates arousal uh, or what creates sexual desire the better you are at yeah. giving the opportunity to have sex. Exactly. It's also, it, it's good in the sense that knowing what the other want, but always be careful that it not becomes kind of a mechanical, efficient mm -hmm. way oh, of yeah. having sex. Because yeah. what we sometimes see also in the beginning of the relationship, why is it spontaneous and so good, the sex? Because you're exploring and that's mm -hmm. exciting. You're discovering new areas. And at a certain so point, you don't you want know, to just push buttons. Exactly. And But that, that's what happens at a certain point. Yeah. You know the button. When I push this button, oh, yeah. it, it turns him on. And when I push this button, and she will reach yeah. orgasm and at a certain point you kind of skip the exploration and you yeah. just start to push the buttons and, and then think, it becomes boring and i think it's it becomes a habit then because you get into the habit of pushing those specific buttons and you can completely forget like what you're really doing and the, the whole living in the moment situation with your partner yeah i think that and that's where maybe the disconnect sometimes comes like with the arousal and the desire because Maybe you've aroused them, but you haven't created that desire exactly. necessarily. Exactly. It's and about building up and yeah. exploring and also realizing that these button works in the beginning of the relationship. But after 10 years of pushing these buttons, <laughs> maybe you want another button. I that mean, button has a dent in it. I mean, that's what happens. It, what used to be fun can be less fun after 10 years. So mm, it's sure. about, again, this reinventing and creating mm. and variation and rewriting your sexual script. Discovering new opportunities. Yeah. And, that, and that ties back with this... Uh, statement that we made earlier that you know foreplay is kind of 24 7 yeah right exactly yeah. exactly but so talking about planned sex and and th this is speaking out of a out of a viewpoint on couples who are close and you who have the opportunity to be sexual yeah virtually all the time now with covid it's it's definitely much more even uh, but for long distance relationships um partners who can only see them see each other uh, via screen planned sex becomes a whole has a d whole different meaning yeah it can be frustrating uh, now yeah. to have to plan sex uh, all the time yeah so 
how how do long distance relationships manage to kind of give opportunity to sexual moments be- between each other I think it's a challenge. I think nowadays there are much more new technology and we're going to devote a podcast also on these different uh, possibilities of cyber sex and mm-hmm. virtual sex. And, and you have all these toys that you can sort of work, stimulate each other. Remote control toys, right? Remote yeah. control toys. So, I mean, there are some opportunities and there is the webcam sex and the sexing and, and all these things. Of course, always have to be careful with that uh, because uh, you know you have to trust Data your protection. partner. Yeah, yeah especially sure. Uh, make sure that there's no uh, abuse afterwards. But it's it's important that that you try to use these different tools that are available nowadays to be sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think yeah, it's it's about being more inventive and being more a little bit more creative. Uh, and, and also, I think what is important to broaden our definition of sexuality, yeah. because sexuality can also be creating intimacy, sharing fantasies, sharing thoughts about uh, turning each other on via phone, via sexting, can also be a part of sexuality. It's mm-hmm. not only about being together yeah. and doing the sexual act. You can also create a lot of sexual connection in other ways. Yeah. And I think that's also one of the the, the, the the challenges for being in long distance relationship mm-hmm. is like at a distance still being uh, yeah sexually connected. I think it's also one of those like sexual myths. Like people are just think like, oh you can't be sexually aroused from that yeah that, from that far apart. Yeah. But the thing is it's like if you communicate right and if you try to explore the different mediums, you will find something that works for yeah. you. It's about finding and exploring and I think also giving up the hesitation. I think maybe there's a bit of a stigma yeah. as well attached to using um, sort of apps and also using these remote control sex toys. So I think it's about destigmatizing as well that is required for people to actually fully explore this. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can definitely relate to that. I feel like a lot of people don't feel comfortable at first. So mm-hmm. what you just said is, is actually, a, um, in my opinion, a very good tip. Try out different medium media mm-hmm. and, and different ways yeah. of... Yeah sort of being sexual at a distance yeah and seeing what works for you how how else would you recommend long distance partners to kind of familiarize themselves more with being sexual at a distance i think it's it's really about doing it it's Mm -hmm. about exposure and trying out new things and 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 um because it's the only way i mean if you if you don't want to use all these tools that's okay but then you have to just accept that your sexuality yeah Yeah. in some way yeah and it's about opening the conversation and then seeing like is Mm -hmm. this something you want to try of course you have to be agree both i mean there's consent mutual consent is very important obviously so you i mean it's about finding a way and 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 to make it work indeed and it's also trial and error sometimes it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't work yeah you know i think and and being forgiving oh yeah yourself uh of course to your partner but um in in a relationship if it doesn't work out perfectly yeah. and i think it's it's also what is important is having some kind of a perspective and that's why mm-hmm. this perspective i mean in a long dis- distance relationship you can use all these tools and it can also sort of create it, it heats you up you know and then at that moment we will meet and then we can sort of yeah. do it together and this is like all this building up a it's frenzy. like yeah. three four <laughs> months of foreplay but at a certain at a certain point you need to sort of uh, yeah have this perspective that, yeah, that and that's true. I think that's challenging now in this time that every time it's like oh maybe in two weeks maybe in three weeks oh, maybe yeah, in one month sure. maybe in two months and I can understand that that puts a lot of pressure but, on long-term yeah, and I think maybe, relationships I think also like having people just like think to themselves like 
treat the dis- the uncertainty of when you're going to see someone as a sort of for a little tease. Yeah. Be like, oh, maybe next week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think it's it is a little bit of perspective. Yeah, and it's also well. enjoying the process. Meanwhile, it's, yeah. it should not always be that everything you do is that Has, building up yeah. until the actual yeah. deed. I mean, that's also part of yeah. sexuality. It's already then, yeah. a way of of yeah. enjoying the process, enjoying mm-hmm. what's what's still possible there. Yeah. And yeah. it's like kind of living in the moment. Yeah. For the for the couple. Exactly. So I feel like, especially like you said, forgive forgiveness during such an act is so important because I think sometimes people just fixate on this one thing and they're like, Oh wow, like it went so bad, never again and then it's like it turns sour and then also that sort of in t- like over time has an effect on like the yeah. the overall relationship then. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And if you if you can kind of laugh about it afterwards and, and talk about it. Yeah, I think the most course. important oh, yeah. thing is to 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 remain excited. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so you, you don't want to get into a position where uh, you you just impose expectations on yourself oh, yeah. without ad- addressing them and well, without maybe exactly. saying okay maybe there are no expectations yeah. and and that way you can still stay excited about these sort of unfamiliar ways but it comes down to communication again and yeah. hopefully yeah. communicate and if you do it i mean and you try out these new things that you don't have to sort of have a formal evaluation like okay let's see how it went but at least talk about it like what was mm-hmm. your experience and how did you how did you feel about it yeah so we're talking about long distance relationships, uh, of course, cohabiting partners. And regardless of what type of relationship uh, people have, there there are, of course, some people who are in, in uh, consensual non-monogamy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is also very important to, to address. In times of COVID, this is a huge challenge. Yeah. Uh, how do you address that? So what do you think are some of the, some of the biggest, maybe obvious, uh, topics that people run into if they're i think it obviously indeed i mean uh, we are talking about cohabiting couples and for them they can have sex as much as they want whenever they want but what about indeed open relationships polyamorous relationships uh, um, i think what is important is making good agreements um, because uh, what if one partner uh, still wants to uh, explore and the other partner say like yeah i want to sort of uh, stick by the rules and i don't want to see other partners anymore and indeed play it safe so yeah how do you deal with this and 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 if one partner decides to still engage in an open relationship and, and have sex with other partners that you know at least that you can trust this partner mm-hmm. that he will take uh, his or her precautions and that you yeah i mean making good agreements will be the most important to reach some kind of consensus and it's 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 essential either way so uh, be COVID or not uh, of course mm-hmm. making concrete clear agreements on yeah. on specific scenarios you might find yourself in is is important but with COVID, this is on a very different level, just for each other's safety. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's being so there, pragmatic. There should be consensus. There, there, should, be be right, consensus there should be consensus, and, and you need to be a little bit pragmatic because you could say, oh, the rules say that you have to stick with one partner, but at the same time, okay, if you don't, what can you do? And there's yeah. things you can do like ventilate room and, and use clean sheets and protect, uh, mm-hmm. make sure that you're not too much touching and kissing. Yeah, and, and you uh, can also get tested. Condoms. You know, just yeah, get exactly. tested. You know, exactly. I, I think the, the biggest benefit here is that you can just, you know, 
uh, look up the information, call the uh, yeah. day up and be like, hey, I would like to get tested. Like mm-hmm. that you are being not just responsible for them, but you're being responsible yeah. for yourself as well. And it's also, uh, indeed, you're responsible for yourself, responsible also for your partner. Yeah. And, and I think, but it's the same, like if we think about uh, protecting yourself for STIs mm-hmm. and so on. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same, exactly. you wear a condom. If you're in yeah. a non-monogamous relationship, you will wear a condom with another partner because you want to protect your your, 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 partner. Safe, your fixed yeah. partner. So, I mean, it's about yourself, you know? taking care yeah. about yourself and others and just mm-hmm. being respectful towards each other, I think is important. Yeah. yeah. But so more from, say, uh, a well-being perspective within the relationship uh, being uh, sort of okay with your partner and and um, kind of being on the same page yeah I feel like really important what you said uh, having a consensus talking about these things yeah um, making agreements about them yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think it's especially in, in relationships in which you're consensual non-monogamous I think that making agreements in in, in general apart from COVID is important and, and that consensus is a crucial part. So what we often see in these type of relationships is that people are already quite good and openly communicating about what they want and what they don't want because that's often the only way to make that work. So mm-hmm. I think just elaborate on that is, is, is very important. Yeah. So we talked about so many things. Mm-hmm. We covered so many topics. Uh, what I'm curious about is like, what did you learn from this? What are you going to take away from, from this? How can you keep your relationship healthy and uh, in this uh, COVID times? I think definitely for me, it's communication mm-hmm. and, and not just within relationships, but in general, I think nowadays there's so much going on. People feel so stressed out. And if you don't communicate or if you, you know, you just skip out on the communication, it just leaves a lot of these blank spaces and people will fill up these blank spaces, yeah. spaces with their own assumptions. So talk about it, talk about what's making you happy. If there's something your partner is doing that doesn't entirely you know arouse you or you know yeah. it's not really fulfilling your sexual desires and mention that yeah you know even um, if it's uncomfortable even yeah. when yeah. it's comfortable yeah, th- yeah and i think there's always just like you know keep in mind that this is a very exceptional situation that everyone is going through you know and know that you're not alone yeah i think sometimes just this feeling of i am alone in the situation can be overburdening so just you know remember that you're not alone there's a lot going on just talk about it because talking is better than not talking yeah Exactly. You know. and, and and starting from a positive point of view, I yeah. think it's also important that you when you talk, uh, give these I messages and start from mm. your own emotions and, and, and try not only focus on, hey, I don't like that, but it's also about, oh, yeah. hey, this is what I like. Maybe I like this a little mm. bit less. And, and, so, and, yeah. and not making assumptions. They're, yeah, they're not making talking assumptions. from an I perspective. No not mind making, reading. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, very good. And I, I like this coming out of a positive sort of, uh, because I was just about to say, you can openly talk about things that are uncomfortable with this with this trust that it's going to be fine and you, you are in this together yeah. uh, in, in that relationship. And then you're going to address these issues together and you can trust that your partner is willing to discuss things. Yeah. And I think that's then sort of the precursor to that yeah. m- that enables. Yeah. What I definitely also took away is that you cannot just talk about COVID and it's one impact mm-hmm. on couples yeah. that yeah. that's just uh, there no. is no norm no. and so there's also no one situation that couples might find themselves in there are very many different yeah. individuals and how individuals respond to covid being more stressed being less stressed yeah. being bored being exhausted um and then also on a couple basis, of course, uh, there are long distance couples, there are cohabiting couples, yeah. there are non-monogamous couples, there are monogamous couples. Um, so yeah, I think about this idea of diversity and inclusivity mm-hmm. is very 
important yeah. topic yeah. In, 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 the, in sexology in general, but also mm-hmm. in these specific times. Yeah. yeah. And seeing and, and uh, taking into account how different individuals might be impacted in, yeah. in, in other ways, not assuming that everyone has the same situation that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. And I also hope that you all enjoyed it and and that you enjoyed listening to this uh, podcast. We'll come back to you with a new episode. And um, for now, stay safe and uh, communicate to each other. That's important. And thank you so much for hosting us. Thanks for having us.